Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. I bet you didn't know that inventing activity by black inventors peaked in 1899, and it has never recovered. Black and Hispanic college graduates patented half the rate of white college graduates. That's just one of the reasons why you need to know about Invent Together. When our patent system gets more diverse, our nation will get stronger and more successful. Find out how you can help diverse inventors and unleash economic opportunity at inventtogether.org. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with GBA Strategies. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So welcome back. I'm back from I'm, the other side of the world. I, I really missed you. I was like watching your, you know, posts and you look like you were having such a fabulous time on vacation and it was so hot and the news was so crazy. And, and was, it's winter in New Zealand right now. And which it just looked like is, you were in oh. you were in a different climate in every way you use the word. One hundred percent. So the first the, the trip was the second half of the trip was one hundred percent vacation, but the first half of the trip um, I was with the American Council of Young Political Leaders, which is a group that for like 50 years has brought people in politics who are, you know, you. I think for a while it was like young elected officials and they sort of brought in that definition. I'm obviously not elected to anything. Um to do these exchanges with other countries. So like they'll bring a delegation of young MPs from New Zealand yep. to the U.S. And then a year later, they'll send a delegation. Of, so I was there with a state legislator from Idaho and a city councilman from Alabama and um, an uh, sort of progressive activist from Kansas City and the president of the Boston City Council. And like we all. So the first That's part fun. of the trip was, you know, it was a mix of things I could Instagram and like, here's a presentation about the criminal justice system in New Zealand. Like we toured a prison, like, you know, I mean, things like that that were really cool eye opening experiences, but that I did not Instagram. And then the second part of the trip was straight up vacation. (laughs) And I think the here's all I'll say. I won't like ramble all episode about how much I loved New Zealand. But the the one thing to to know about this country is that when Tom Cruise decided that he wanted to fly a helicopter in Mission Impossible Fallout and he wanted to pilot it himself, there was one country in the world that was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> Come on down. Seems fine. Right. I mean, and I that's just, New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand's <laughs> like where all the like the billionaires are going to prepare for Armageddon. Right. That's like. That's yeah. I think supposedly my... the weather patterns mean that if like the nukes go off, the fallout won't hit New Zealand, mm. which makes me very happy because I, I care deeply about all the sheep now. I'm seriously <laughs> considering becoming vegetarian the after sheep. seeing yeah. how cute, <laughs> like seeing all these cute little lambs running around and I'm like, oh, lamb vindaloo is like my favorite food. And now I can't do it because they're so cute. Um, so speaking of places where you are not removed from the center of chaos that would be right here. <laughs> like, as we were joking before you left, when we were recording all those episodes we did, we banked in advance. We're like, well, let's hope nothing crazy happens while Kristen's gone. Ha ha ha. And then, of course, we had like Super Council Super Tuesday, uh, Special Council Super Tuesday last week. And we had did an extra episode with Brian Bennett to talk about some of the polling that had been done so far. But there's new polling about all of that. Anyway, what are all the things that have been happening so you can feel fully caught up and 
everything crazy. So a bunch of states that are very hot had some very hot primaries go down. We will take a look at whether the pollsters got it right or wrong in Florida and Arizona. And we'll also just check in with the political environment as August fades and what the forecasters are saying about the midterms. Then while I was gone, apparently everything went down with Manafort, Cohen and more. So Margie's going to catch me up. And then we'll talk a little bit about whether Trump is living up to the expectations voters had for him for good or ill. And finally, it's that time of year again, guys. Pumpkin spice polls. Are people hype? If it's 90 degrees out, then it's pumpkin spice latte time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first, our poll of the week. This is from Pew, and this is an update of a poll that they did in 2016. It feels like it was just yesterday, even though quite a bit has happened. And the pattern is the same, and it's it's pretty, I mean, it's kind of dispiriting in, in that the parties agree that they can't agree on facts. This is like a thing that is a, where is one of the few things where there is bipartisan agreement and is that we cannot agree on what the facts are. Um, so this is from this is from Justin uh, in July and August. And they did a similar poll in 16, not asking about the parties, but asking about Trump versus Clinton voters. So now they said the question is, um, when it comes to important issues facing the country, most Republican and Democratic voters either disagree not only on plans and policies, but also on basic facts or can agree on basic facts, even if they often disagree over plans and policies. 78 percent say they can't agree on basic facts. 20 percent say they can agree on basic facts. 81 percent of Republicans, 76 percent of Democrats. Not a big difference there. Not surprising. Not surprising. I mean, so, for instance, yesterday um, or what what day is today? Today's Thursday. The episode goes up today. Yeah, pretty sure it's. Yes, Thursday. It is Thursday. So yesterday, the president tweeted out a video uh, with like hashtag stop the bias or something. That was a video that purported to show that Google for every year of the Obama administration said, watch the Obama State of the Union. And then when you get to the Trump State of the Union, it shows like a blank Google search screen that doesn't have it. And then like, you know, 20 minutes later, I see like you know, progressives and sort of anti-Trump folks in my feed being like, no, 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 here we went back. We got the archives. Here's the screen grabs. But it's the sort of thing where I'm like, OK, I'm more than willing to say I don't trust the president's, you know, video, go, you know, of <laughs> of this, that this could be easily made up. On the other hand, like you could also easily fabricate a screen that does show. Oh, right. look, we had. So, OK, me as somebody who's trying to be a conscientious news consumer, like, What's what are the real facts here? But like, I don't have time to go dig through the like archive.org archives to know. And so you can kind of get how so many voters across the aisle are like, yeah, we can't even agree on basic facts here because it just there's so much garbage out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's absolutely true. I hear it in focus groups. I'll show people an article and they'll say, well, I don't know. Is that article is that article real? I mean, reporters, you never know. I'm like, do you think the reporter just like came up with an idea for a story out of like their imagination? You know, <laughs> or did they you think they like emphasize things differently? I mean, it's it's uh, it's obviously a really a really tricky thing when this poll shows that it is not getting better anytime soon. Um but one, th- but we do have some agreed upon facts on who won in Florida and Arizona. 
Florida is your home state. You were following Florida closely. Were you a live blogging at 538? I was. So it wound up working out great in terms of jet lag because my whole sleep schedule is so screwed up that by the end of the night, I feel like the other folks in the live blog were like, oh my God, Arizona, please release the results. And I was like, <laughs> and you're I'm like, it's be, time for pancakes. <laughs> I'm 100% going to be awake until 4 a.m. So Arizona can take its sweet time. I literally don't care. Um, Breakfast yeah, so, sandwiches, anybody? <laughs> so Florida, Florida is my home state, as listeners will be well aware. And what was kind of fun about this go round is there are a bunch of people that I knew or like new secondhand from college who were on the ballot for like major statewide offices. That's pretty cool. The people had always sort of joked that like being in the student government at a big state school in Florida is like puts you on the fast track to, you Fame know, and fortune. Uh, <laughs> Florida state politics. And this was the first election where like that kind of turned out to be true. So like Andrew Gillum on the Democratic side, not someone who I've ever met, but like he was student body president at FAMU. Um, Adam Putnam, who lost on the Republican side, was a presence that loomed large over my time at the University of Florida Mm. because he was one who, as soon as he graduated at age 22, entered the state legislature and at age 26 was in Congress. And at age 32, when I was in college, he was in like house leadership. Mm -hmm. And so it was like if you were a dorky 19 year old in student government with like dreams of being governor of Florida one day, you were like Adam Putnam. Look, he ran for state legislature as soon as he got off campus. Right. Like, we can all do it, too. And so right. it was the, there's the, the woman who just went too far tweeting about Tacoma Park. That was just oh, one I step know, too I far. <laughs> um, the, the woman who won for ag commissioner on the Dem side, she is a, mar- a medical marijuana lobbyist, and she was student body president at UF huh. when I was a freshman. Wow. The gal who is the Republican nominee for attorney general was the head of this thing called Blue Key, which I'm, I won't get into here, but like is a big student leadership honorary at UF, uh, I think, when I was there. So it's it, – But, you know, it just was as very a reminder, like, way in the weeds on the Florida These primer. days, <laughs> you can run for office with all kinds of different backgrounds. That's also cool. You don't need to have been, you know, run for student body president when you, you were – You can have been in a band. You could have been in a band. That's right. <laughs> you could have been in a band. You could have just, you know dis- – Which did you notice while I was gone, someone unearthed like, I thought that the evidence of my time in a band had been scrubbed from the Internet, and it has not been. <laughs> and it got dug up while I was in New Zealand. See, I was not, like, oh, no. It's not part of your oppo file. <laughs> it is part of the pro column. <laughs> like, here's, here's the polling conversation for Kristen one day. Well, let's test it as a positive and as a negative. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Oh, but we only have 15 minutes of the survey. Oh, OK, let's just test it as a negative then. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what, what I'll say really quick on the, the governor's side for Florida is that the result was not terribly surprising um, in that Putnam, like on the Republican side, I don't know anybody that was like surprised to see DeSantis win. Now, if you had gone back in time three or four years and told me that Adam Putnam was going to lose this contest, I would have been quite surprised. But as of the last year or so, it's just if if you were going to make this a contest between who is the Trumpiest Republican, like that just wasn't turf Adam Putnam was going to be able to win on when Ron DeSantis, his office is five steps away from a Fox News bureau. Like right. you just it, it wasn't a contest that was going to if that was what it was going to be decided on. Like Adam Putnam's name is on all the gas pumps in right. Florida because he's the ag commissioner. But like right. that's not the same as being on Fox News. Right, so right, right. 
That one, it was not surprising. And I'm trying to see, I can't, I don't think we have in our script what the uh, the polling averages were. But I think that, I mean, the polls basically suggested that yeah. there were some polls that said it was going to be close. Um, so those polls were obviously not right because it was not close. Um, but it, there, there was, it wasn't a big surprise. The Democratic side, though, huge was surprise. a surprise because there was no poll, it seems, no public poll that showed Gillum in the lead. And so people thought, I mean, um, most of the polls showed Graham in the lead. So that was, you know, where people were, you know, that was where people's minds were. So it was a surprise to have Gillum in the lead or to Gillum win on, on primary night. So that was something that, you know, the Democratic base around the country really found, in you know, exciting, um, yet also surprising just given the public polling. You know, we took a little bit of a look at the public polling. And if folks have inside f- info and they want to tweet at us, well, you know, we'll, maybe we'll talk about it next week because, you know, I know a lot of people are interested in why was this such a surprise. And I think it's important. I, I have no idea if the internal teams were surprised. But for some of these polls, it's important to take a look at how they did it. So a lot of the public polls were online. Not that online is necessarily bad or wrong, but what are the ways that an online poll can, you know, what are some of the errors involved with an online poll versus a telephone poll? Does an, is an online poll going to have a harder time reaching non-whites and senior citizens? Does that change the combination of your, you know, of your electorate? Um, no matter how you do this poll, are you using a voter file list with party registration and looking at people who voted in a primary? Or are you asking them, Hi, which party, which primary are you going to vote in? And without any information from them on the voter file. And there's some unevenness. And when you're doing it online in particular or IVR, which some of these public polls are, you're not even sure if you're talking to the person on the voter file per se. It's just kind of going out into space without like a person to help confirm this. And uh, and again, not that IVR or online is, you know, certainly there are lots of uses for them, but it's just a way of making sure we're comparing apples to apples for looking at some of these. Also, some of these polls were statewide, but just did a subset for the primary. So I think one of them had like between two and three hundred interviews for the Democratic primary, which, you know, again, is is a reasonable subset to look at in your poll, but it does obviously introduce a lot of error for a state for a state as big as and diverse as Florida. But what is crazy is that it is there was not a lack of polling on this race. So this is it's not the case that you just had like one poll and it was wrong and you go, oh, well, you know, who knows? I mean, this right. is if you look at all of the polls conducted in August and late July, Florida Atlantic, Survey USA, Mason Dixon, Gravis, they all were sort of singing from the same hymnal. They right. all, like, none of them look wildly different and were they from hurting, one know? another. So that's like, did any of them get a poll that came back late in the game that had Gillum way up and went, like, oh, is this right? Yeah. Huh, this is weird. I mean, it is, it'd be one thing if there was one or two polls and they were wrong, but the fact that all of the polls were very off on the Gillum number, but all looked very similar to one another. It's just kind of strange and curious. Yeah. So we won't really know the answer until the voter file comes back. We can see, okay, who who turned out that may we may not have expected to turn out in the numbers they did? Like who right. were these unlikely Democratic primary voters? Um, one thing that I took a look at, the 538 Live blog, the people were sort of positing, look, Bernie Sanders had endorsed Gillum. So how much of an effect did that have? Um, And actually, the 
parts of the state where Gillum did the best were the places where Bernie Sanders did the worst mm-hmm. in the 2016 primary. So, like, it, it was not just, like, a rehashing of some, like, Bernie versus Hillary. Like, it wasn't about that. Like, he he was doing really well in basically the places with big cities and in with, like, college campuses. So, like, Alachua County, which is mm-hmm. where UF is. Um, so, you know, is the geographic distribution of, of where they were sampling people, like— Urban versus right. suburban, like what did that look like? We'll have to wait till the voter for all comes back to find out. But yep. pollsters did not do a great no, job. But calling nobody race. calls, you know. I had, but re- this is a hard thing to do. But I had reporters call about like, can you talk about the Florida poll? And I'm like, I haven't really dug in. No, I don't, sorry, I don't have. You know, I, I won't be able to get to it. Um, you and mean I won't you be able got to get offered to other... an opportunity to opine in public and turned it down I for know. lack of having information? What? Sorry, I just that's <laughs> not how punditing works, Margie. It's just to just. I just was like, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't really, I don't really have a point of view. Like ten o'clock the next morning of a race that <laughs> we weren't involved, you know. Like I just didn't have a, like a clear point of view on how the polling was off. But, but the thing is that nobody emails like, hey, can you tell me like is polling all better now because the Arizona polls and the Florida Republican gubernatorial primary, like people totally. It went exactly the way people thought it was going to go. You know, does that mean polling's all better now? <laughs> nobody, nobody writes, nobody writes that story. Yeah, but what can I tell you? I guess that's not a surprise. Well, so switching over very briefly to uh, Arizona. So the big contest in Arizona was the uh, McSally versus Ward versus Sheriff Joe uh, Senate primary, where no polls had shown McSally over fifty percent, which had. Sort of, you know, Republicans who are not big fans of the Kelly Ward slash Joe Arpaio flavor of Republicanism. Uh, it was concerning. Right. Um, in the end, McSally pulled it off. Fifty two percent of the vote toward the end. Th- there was really only one poll conducted in August that was publicly released. This ABC 15 um, poll. And it had McSally 47, Ward 27, Arpaio 13, pretty, pretty close to what wound up right. happening. So, you know, not not a surprise, but you, of course, couldn't go into the night without wondering, like, is there some kind of secret Sheriff Joe vote or something, right. you know, like do, the or, shy sheriff vote, uh, the shy sheriff vote? Um, Not really. Not really. Yeah. I mean, I think there there is definitely... I can appreciate that there are folks on the right who probably lament that there seems to be some people seem to get excited at the thought of maybe there's an upset for one of these more exotic far right candidates. Right. That people are sort of gleefully looking for some kind of, you know, person really outside the mainstream um, or at least what Republicans want to be the the mainstream might win. So but it turns out that the what we thought was going to happen is what happened. Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google/certificates. Oh, I just caught one thing that I want to I want to go back for just a hot half a second yeah. to the Florida uh, governor thing. So I was just scrolling down through our script. So Florida Atlantic University, their poll was one of the ones toward the end that was pretty wrong on right. the Republican side. So it was the one that had 
um, DeSantis 32, Putnam 31, mm. which is not how this went down. Right. Um, DeSantis won by a lot. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it was not close. It was called very early. So I looked. Methodology. This survey was conducted August 16th through 20th. An online sample provided by Survey Sampling International and an automated telephone platform using registered voter landline phone lists supplied by Aristotle, Inc. Um, So for a total sample of 800 registered voters who said they are likely to vote, which if you have voter file matched information, why are you asking people if they're likely to vote? I mean, it's an additional it's an additional stream. Sure, sure. But here's here's where the problem is. Um, So one, their subset of Republican primary voters is only 222. So huge margin of error. But two, the data was weighted by ethnicity, region, party affiliation and gender. There's no age or education weights. Mm. That's going to get you. That's going to I mean, especially on the Republican side, if you are not waiting on education these days. That was a big lesson from 2016. Yeah. Got to wait by education. You're going to miss the Trumpier folks, which is who voted for DeSantis. So I think I may have just sluiced out a piece of the problem. Well, and also to... What, what you no say? offense, FAU people, but what was it? 222? APOR say? says you got to vote on edu- wait on education now or you're going to yeah miss some of these Trump folks. Yeah. Well, you know, props to them to laying it all out there. What was oh, in their sure. wait statement? That's, yep. This is um, I'm not trying to pile onto them. I just no, no, it no, caught no. my eye. They are not the a un- clue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That is one <laughs> that is likely one of the things that happened now. You know, so this is I guess it's the last big primary. There's still there's primaries in Rhode Island, New Hampshire, New York, Massachusetts, New York. Uh, New York for the statewide stuff. Yes. It's not for federal, for like the, the gubernatorial primary. So there's still a few more primaries left, but this was the last big one. Does it, you know, how does this fit into kind of the story about what's going on? Nationally, the trend, the generic is still in that kind of seven plus seven range. There's now an incredibly elaborate, you can just go model crazy, model-tastic. In at 538, they have like, they've modeled every single house race. You could look at every, like every single house race. Dave Wasserman, who was a guest on the show, he's done for folks who are, you know, close followers of him. He's done like something on, I think, every single house race now. I think for sure the top ones. And then like a week later, it seemed like there was everyone. So if you want to really nerd out on house races and what's going on, especially since that's where so much of the action is, um, and there's a lot of coverage, there are a variety of different places where you can go. And I think the point that all of them show is obviously if there continues to be advantage for Democrats, five and seven chance, 538 has that Democrats are going to have win control. I mean, that's not, you know, they've changed also the way that they're showing their probability. So it's it's in these it's they're not highlighting the percentage as much as the fraction five and seven as opposed to the percentage. Just so, you know, to so make people them, aren't confused. About, like, oh, does oh, that mean Democrats, Democrats are going to get 72 percent. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I like that they have the distribution there yeah. so you can like the bell curve communicating probable probabilistic outcomes yeah. is hard to do, but important so that people don't get confused and then hate on you after the election. Yeah. yeah. Go, you called it wrong. Yes. So but anyway, so folks should take a look at all that stuff. It's obviously shows, you know, increasing. Uh, 
I don't, what do I say? It's not really increasing. The chance of Democrats winning doesn't seem to have increased appreciably recently. It's just been consistently strong. Yeah. And as we get closer and closer, that therefore has more confidence. There's more confidence behind. Yeah. Right. And just less time to actually operationally turn the story around if you're trying to do that. Um, But nonetheless, that doesn't mean that this is a slam dunk, obviously, of course. So let's talk about Trump. Um, So job (laughs) approval right now sitting at 43.2%. Doesn't look like his job approval dropped while I was gone, but seems like a lot of other things dropped while I was gone. (laughs) Like (laughs) It it was so insane that like 24 hours after all that, I don't know how how many sheep were following it closely in (laughs) New Zealand. You were trying to like, I'm just going to wait. It's going to all be there when I get back. Well, the great thing was I would wake up every morning and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon here. And so like the day had transpired and I would just wake up to this like, let's try to sort out what's occurring on Twitter right now. Like, I just really need to know like four things. Do I really need to know like every sub joke, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there was a lot that happened and, um, you know, but Trump's overall, you know, his overall ratings continue to be whether you're looking at polling before or after special counsel Super Tuesday. It's still like it is clear the trends of where Trump is and who is for him and who's against him. It doesn't really seem to have changed very much. Um, Only about a quarter of America, this is Pew, their headline, Trump has met the public's modest expectations for his presidency. Um, Only about a quarter of Americans say he's set a high moral standard. More say he has improved government. This sense of like, is it his ethics or his personality or style versus his policies, um, you know, that's that's something that they try to tease out a little bit. It seems like his style and conduct and social media is something that is more problematic for both people who approve of him and don't approve of him than his policies. Like, as, you know, the 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 lightning rod of who he is is more is is can still the problem. Yeah, there's in, you know, is we they are who we thought they were right like is is Donald Trump exactly what you expected for good or ill it seems as though for a lot of people yeah pretty pretty much um i when i'm taking a look by the way at the the Cohen Manafort stuff and so you know we marvel at how stable his job approval has been despite things unfolding with you know many of these stories that people are like aghast like how can this possibly be um so we, uh, Ariel Edwards Levy said, we asked 1,000 people what happened on Tuesday, and here's what some of them said. So they first asked, thinking about Tuesday compared to an average day, would you say the news was busier than average, about average? Like slightly over half said that the news was busier than average on what the day that the super special counsel Tuesday or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> I just um, made that up. I don't know how nobody else has named it anything. <laughs> I feel like I would have seen it if it's gotten some little moniker. Um, and then they say, well, how much time did you spend this Tuesday reading, watching, or listening to the news? And only 32% said, like, I spent an hour or more consuming news that, you know, and then you had another 10% that were like, ah, over, you know, 45 to 59 minutes. And we um, don't know if that's like more than they would normally spend. Right. Um, but, the you know, the majority spent like less than 45 minutes consuming the news. And this, I think, is like important. And I kind of want to just like 
damp this on everyone's consciousness. So on my way over here today, I was catching up on some podcasts that I had forgotten to download before my 800-hour flight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And one of them is the Ringer.com's podcast called The Watch. They talk about entertainment stuff. and They were talking about the success of talk shows on networks like Netflix. So something like Michelle Wolf, you know, show and why some, why these like, why these shows might not work on a streaming platform because they have to be so time timely and topical and yet like the point of Netflix is that it doesn't have to be timely. It can be there forever. Um, But their point was like they don't know if – you know, once people get to the end of the day, haven't they just spent so much time already consuming and right. mainlining this news that why would they want to watch more? And I was listening to it and I was like, just because you spend all day right. reading Twitter does not mean most people out there who are Netflix customers or who are Hulu customers or whatever are doing the same. Like this may be a behavior and a pattern of news consumption that is hideously unhealthy, but also limited to like a collection of people in sort of overlapping professions who live in major cities. I mean, this to me is just a good reminder that like I definitely spend more than an hour a day consuming news, but I am weird. Like that's not the norm. Right. And so just putting that out there. Chris Ryan, Andy Greenwald, I don't think you're listening. I wish you were. If you were, I'm telling you, don't worry. I don't think that most Americans out there are spending all day just, like, marinating in Trump. Yeah. I don't think. No. I don't think so. I mean, look, you know, I mean, and if they are, it's it's Democratic activists, typically, who are marinating in Trump out of, like, you know, hate yeah. clicks. Or, you know, people who live in the villages and have Fox News on all day. Yeah. Because that's, like, the thing their TV is set to. Yeah. So that, too, but that... That is not most people. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, it's it's a good reminder. I mean, there was another poll. This is USA Today. Suffolk, 12 percent. So they never heard of Robert Mueller. I mean, there's, you know, there's a sizable number who are, you know, not fully engaged in this. This is true. The Navigator stuff we talked about last week. Again, before this latest event, like the percent who say that um, there was an uptick in the percent who say that we should that the investigation should continue. So that had changed and that like wasn't, there was an increase in Republicans. That was what was driving it. Um, But more people, although slightly fewer than the last time we asked it, said that they didn't think that the investigation had uncovered any crimes. We'll see if that's changed, you know, Mm-hmm. Now, um, but it, it, it you have to follow pretty closely to really get a handle and to not think that it's, you know, just a lot of legal back and forth. Remember how I think it was a year or so ago I wrote that column saying like Donald, you know, the what is Donald Trump's like I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and they would stay with me coalition. And I pegged it at like around tw- like a quarter yeah. around, you know, something like that. So when you look at a lot of these questions about the Mueller investigation, you see that like sort of consistent theme of like. Do you think the President Trump should voluntarily be interviewed by special counsel Bob Mueller? Like 26, 26.9 percent. I almost just used a decimal. <laughs> uh, no, boo. Boo. that's not AP style. 27 <laughs> percent <laughs> say no, the president should not be interviewed by Bob Mueller. When you say how much trust do you have that in President Trump's denial that there was any collusion with Russian meddling? 22 percent say yes, I have a lot of trust in his this denial. This is from USA Today, Suffolk, yes. by the way. Um, on the question of in addition to Manafort being found guilty of financial fraud, Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to campaign finance and financial charges. What comes closer to your view? 27 percent say eh, this doesn't have much to do with President Trump's. So, like, it's kind of that consistent, like, right around a quarter-ish who are like, no, 
Collusion is fake news. I mean, these legal developments don't. Have, I mean, they so obviously have to do with President Trump, but you know, but I, I, I guess if you're not hearing about it, you know, and you don't, you, then that's it. If you're not hearing about it, then you're not hearing about it. Um, they also asked a question about impeachment, and I mean, it's really important for all this stuff to look at how the wording. Is happening because, I mean, there are there are questions and other issues where obviously there are wording differences, but people like come to the table with some sort of pre-baked idea like gay marriage. Like if you ask gay marriage in different ways, you're going to get a different answer. But people still know what basic concept you're asking them about, even if there are slightly different ways you can get different kinds of answers. Um, But that's not true for some of these things where like people aren't always sure what you're responding to or you know it's not something they have a thought about that day or they haven't been thinking about it for that long and i think impeachment is one of those i mean you see lots of impeachment questions and they all ask it differently so this is the same usa today suffolk based on what you know now do you think the house of representatives should seriously consider impeaching president trump um First, I think it's asked after a couple other questions about the investigation, which is perhaps relevant Two, it should seriously consider is different than yes or no. You know, are you for it or against it? It's a little bit different because considering like let's they should they could consider it and then they could reject it. Um, But regardless, nonetheless, this is still not a great number for the president. I think that's also true. Forty four percent say yes. The House should con- seriously consider impeaching President Trump. Forty-seven percent say no. Hasn't since the very beginning, though, President Trump had forty percent of America that strongly disapproves of him. Like the moment he took the oath of office, forty percent of America was like, "This is a travesty, and he needs to go." So, in a way, like, yeah, it's not a great number. In another sense, like, it's only four points higher than kind of the "I can't stand this guy" number that we started with. Yeah, And if, as we already discussed on the show, he has lived up to everyone's expectations for good or ill, um, you know, he's turned out to be just as good or bad a president as you thought. So he's lived up to his promise of he is he's keeping his promises. Yeah. To. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Shake things up. Yes. (laughs) Good change or bad change in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Um, Okay. Are we going to move on to pumpkin spice latte? Do we have anything so. real? We didn't have, we're done with real stuff. We're going to end back. We're going to get back into this easy, nice yep. and easy. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to like figure out what other news stories I've missed. Like I, you know, but let's let's wrap up with pumpkin spice. So I, I Margie, are you a pumpkin? Do you ever drink pumpkin spice anything? So consume pumpkin spice. Food? Yeah. So I do enjoy pumpkins. I like pumpkin flavored like pies and desserts and like things that, you know, I like pumpkin risotto. I like, you know, pumpkin gnocchi. I, I like pumpkin fall plate fame, you know, sweet potatoes, all that stuff. I don't really go for like flavored coffee. I just stick, I just keep my drinks, co- black coffee, water, wine. That's it. I don't vary from those three. I'm not even really a La Croix person. Like, <gasps> like my sort of tribe, maybe it's, you know, it's just, I don't want to, I don't know what's in there, right? So it's it's basically those are the three drinks. So pumpkin spice latte is not is doesn't even come close to making it. And if I did drink it, I would not drink it when it was a hundred degrees outside. I saw the most horrifying thing pop up on a Facebook page of a gal who I have knew in middle school who will remain nameless. I will not put her on blast here. Sure, but I 
was horrified. <laughs> it was pumpkin spice cereal with an iced pumpkin spice latte sitting next to it. So, okay, I get it. It's hot out. This is why pumpkin spice shouldn't be a thing until it's not hot out. <laughs> because an iced pumpkin spice beverage is an offense to God and man. It's That's terrible. I'm sorry. It's disgusting. I, just, I mean, I guess I guess I just feel like, and I do like basic lattes that have no accoutrements in them. And I, when I was younger, I suppose I liked putting like nutmeg or whatever on my cappuccino, I guess. That's just no longer where I'm at. I just feel like if you are a coffee drinker, you should kind of embrace the coffee and enjoy its coffeeness. And if you make it like into an ice cream sundae, then you are not a coffee drinker. You are having dessert. So if you have that take, you really should go to New Zealand because they have <laughs> crazy good coffee. That's I did good. not go to a Starbucks. No offense, Starbucks. I did not go to a Starbucks for two and a half weeks because they consider Starbucks itself to be offensive. Like mm. they're very hardcore about like roasting. I mean, Wellington is just a delightful place. That's great. Um, and, but they're very big on like, you have like flat whites at every meeting and stuff. Um, I I like a mocha. Like I, like I'll put a little chocolate in my coffee. That's fine. Every year I get, when it gets cold, I go, uh, let me try a pumpkin spice latte. And then I get it. And then like my mouth is orange and I'm like, why did I do this? This was terrible. Yeah. And then I wait and then the year passes and I'm like. Hmm. I got. I had a one. I had a one. It's October. You know, I'll have one, and then I'm like, Ugh, no. But we found a poll, highly credible, highly credible, huge poll. sample size, <laughs> fifteen votes in the online poll at ABC News in Charleston, South Carolina. We just. I was like, "What can we do? What can? We, where? What, what do we need?" And uh, and I like the our incredible gang that was helping us with the script of like Halloween costumes. We're like, nope, we got pl- we got plenty of time for that. But pumpkin spice <laughs> latte. Oh, we have to do that right now. Yep. <laughs> and nine percent said, "I'm all about it. Bring on fall." Six percent saying, "No way. Not until mid September at least." And so I don't know if it's like people like the flavor. I mean, who knows what the I mean, I don't want to make it a, extrapolate based on this poll. <laughs> I have a question wording beef, as you might imagine. <laughs> There's no so it's it's suggesting that everybody likes pumpkin spice lattes, that the discussion <laughs> is about the timing of their availability, not their validity as a coffee beverage. Yes. <laughs> and I also feel like I'm all about it. Bring on fall is it's like as if this pumpkin spice latte is like the harbinger or the sign that fall is coming rather than a drink you want to drink. Like I'm excited because that means it's almost fall is not really you can use a calendar for that. You know, you know what the sign is that fall is coming? (laughs) College football is almost back. Yes. yes. That's no, the sign losing, that fall no, is you're coming. Losing Forget me. the okay. Wait, I, I'm talking about the sports ball again. I'm sorry. So, so, uh. so one of my team put a um uh put a put a like a question on a screener about football. It's like a masking thing, you know, for some place we were doing focus groups. I'm like, are you trolling me? Like, what? <laughs> what is this? They're like, no, this is this is legitimately going to mask. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, okay, I I believe that. Okay. Our key findings, polling, and so we learned a few things. Polling in primaries is still variable, but let's celebrate polling successes too. Five out of seven ain't bad, not 
quite good enough to get complacent, my Democratic friends. And Google does not control the coverage of the president. And pumpkin spice lattes do not control the weather. You can find us on Twitter at at the pollsters individually at at Margie Omero and at K. Soltis Anderson at www.thepolsters.com or on Facebook, where we post links to the stories we think you may want to talk about. Make sure that if you like our show, you tweet at us, let us know, let your friends know, yeah. more importantly, especially with midterms coming up. Yeah, write a review are, and stuff. Yeah, write a review because we're expecting that all of a sudden interest in the wonderful world of polling may begin to tick back up. Yeah. So if you have friends that are like, hmm, I'm looking to add some more stuff to I'm my podcast. sick of the screamy back and forth. Diet. Yes. There's no screamy back and forth here. No. Except about pumpkin spice. Yes. Lattes. So okay. we'll Thanks. see you guys next week. Bye.